It's a beautiful day in the podcast Podcast. time, and it's a podcasted day in the neighborhood. Won't you be a listener? Are are we not funny? It's a real possibility that like, I just don't think just, we've really looked into yet. It's sort of occurring to me that maybe we're just not funny. <laughs> extra, extra, read all about it. Podcast not funny. <laughs> anyway, whatever. It's, my name's Jackson McMurray. <laughs> my name's Ellen McMurray. And, and today I'll be inhabiting the role of Paperboy number four. <laughs> Why is that your only joke? I don't know. It's funny. I still think it's funny. (laughs) Okay, sure. To celebrate the imminent release of Cats on home video. Oh, I thought you meant of the Seventh Seal. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. When did that happen? <laughs> you know, like... Is that about to happen? Revelations, you know. I know. Listen, I'm asking Jackson, if you're not going to pay attention to the news, then it's not my fault when you're uninformed. <laughs> um, but to celebrate the release of Cats on home video. Wouldn't it be hilarious if Revelations happened before this podcast went up? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. I mean, it wouldn't be that funny because I don't think anybody would be listening to it. But no, sure. you know, yeah, I, I don't know how you post something after Revelations. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me do the thing I'm trying to do. Okay, I'm sorry. Stop I just talking got... about the Bible for two I'm seconds. I'm just thinking about the Bible. Um, to celebrate the imminent release of Cats on Home Video in a few weeks, um, I decided I wanted to give you, Adeline McMurray, who has not seen Cats, uh-huh. I wanted to give you a quiz on their names. Oh, no. This is going to be a multiple choice test. I know Rum Tum Tugger. Okay, good. Is that the name? Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. Um... Um, so, okay, so the ones I didn't include were the ones that I told you about on our podcast. Yeah, one so, of them's a railroad cat, and his name is, um, Let's Shoo-wee. get down to it. Let's get down to it, okay? Okay. Um, the first one, here are your options. I'm also going to send these to you in Discord so you can review them if you need okay, to. Okay, great. Um, option, so this, one of these is a real cat in the movie Cats, Okay. A real cat in real life? Yes. Is the real cat A, the Thimblerer, <laughs> B, Bombalarina, <laughs> 3, Grumble Rumpus, or D, Cat? See, I just, I really hope it's not the Thimblerer. The Thimblerer. The Thimblerer. <laughs> I kind of wanted to be Grumple Rumpus. <laughs> but cat, you see, they would just be like, and this is fucking cat. Because we've all had weird, <laughs> crazy names this whole time. And then here's our friend Cat, and we hate him. <laughs> like, that's a real. But I also think it's a red herring. Because their name is just Cat. 
I really hope it's not the Thimbleerer. I think I'm gonna answer? say gonna say it's Bombalarina. You are correct. Taylor Swift does indeed play Bombalarina. Are you Cats. fucking serious? <laughs> yes. Okay, next question. Is is the real cat? Is the next cat a snuffle lumper? B puddle funster. C rumple teaser. Or D Dexter Jetster. These are all strippers, right? Maybe just Puddle Funster or maybe Rumple Teaser. <laughs> Definitely Rumple Teaser. <laughs> oh god. Oh, I think it I think it's Rumple Teaser. It is. It is Rumple Teaser. Oh my god. You're I'm a genius. I'm you're a good cat at this so far. prodigy. Either you're good at this or I'm bad at this. It's cuz okay. Rumple No, it's cuz Rumple Teaser is the worst one. So I was like that's got to be it. Cuz that one just sounds like you are a teaser of a rumple and that just that's a, that's an innuendo and that sucks. Okay. Do you think Taylor Swift Swift has any regrets just about her whole situation? <laughs> um no comment. Is the real cat Jumbo Terry? <laughs> oh my god, I love Jumbo Terry. <laughs> Jumbo Terry. Wumbo Larry, <laughs> Mungo Jerry, or Gumbo Mary? <laughs> uh, it's not Wumbo Larry, because that's SpongeBob. And Jumbo Terry is almost a coherent thought, so it's not that. <laughs> oh, I can't miss that between Mungo Jerry and Gumbo Mary. <laughs> I'm going to say Mungo Jerry. You are correct. Mungo Jerry wow. is in the film Cats. You're three for three so far. Why okay. am I a genius? What do I win? <laughs> this one's, this one's, I think you might just know. Okay. Is the real cat, Skimbleshanks the Junkyard Cat, Skimbleshanks the Railway Cat. Okay, well. <laughs> Skimbleshanks the Theater Cat, or Skimbleshanks the Well-Endowed Cat. <laughs> Uh, is it there? There is a junkyard cat and there is a railway cat, and I'm like pretty sure there's a theater cat, but th- they're all theater cats, right? Because they're all singing and dancing. Is one of them have a discreet personality? Is the fact that they sing because that just ruins everything? Because I don't know. You tell me. Oh God! You see, as funny as the well-endowed cat is, there's no way that's real. Like, right? There's no way, right? Hey, Jackson, there's no way, right? <laughs> I don't know. Please, for it's the your, love of God, tell me there's not a cat out. named Skimble Shakes, the well-endowed <laughs> cat. Uh, it, uh, it's, is, is Skimble Shakes? No, that's the one that you love is the railway cat, and that's not Skimble Shakes. It's, it's either, I don't think it's theater. I don't. I, I think it's the junkyard cat. You are wrong. It is Skimble Shakes, the railway cat. Oh, okay, I got it wrong. Cause I, thought, I thought you would have gotten that one because you mentioned the railway cat already. Yeah, no, I thought because I thought I thought his I forgot his name was Skimble Shanks. I thought it was something funnier than Skimble Shanks, which is why okay. you love him so much. <laughs> okay. So this is the final question, okay? Okay. You can go four out of five. Okay. Is the real cat Victoria? Elizabeth? Oh my god. Mary. Or Snuggle McPumpkins. <laughs> Is it Snuggle McPumpkins? Is that your final answer? 
Yeah, I know it's a trick. I know it's one of these regular <laughs> ass names, but I just really wanted to be Snuggle Big Pumpkins. No, it is Victoria. Victoria. Yeah, is I knew. I kind of. I uh, we've been new. I just really wanted it to be Snuggle Big Pumpkins. Snuggle. <laughs> That's my that's my warrior cats OC. This <laughs> so snuggle big lightning pumpkins. <laughs> so you got three out of five, but you yeah. kind of threw the last one. Yeah. Um, I was really I thought you would catch on that Dexter Jetster is a character from Star Wars. <laughs> How would I know that? <laughs> <laughs> He's an Attack of the Clones. He's the guy who runs the smelly diner that Obi Wan goes to. There's no way in hell I would know who that guy is. He's he in just Lego looks like Star the guy Wars. from Robots to me. No, he's in Lego Star Wars. Remember when you go, like, the hub is like that 50s diner in space? Remember in Robots when the little kid can't afford to grow up, so he's just a washing machine for a little bit? Oh, that's right. It's a weird movie. Yeah, that's Ewan what McGregor's that in that movie. Ewan McGregor's in both Attack of the Clones and Robots. Isn't that crazy? Robots is a good... Let's fucking watch Robo- Robots. We is can having definitely a, like, do a Robots. resurgence, and I'm down for it. Right, for sure. No, it's... Um, Robots is one of those movies that, like, kind of didn't... Never really caught on, but was still, like, one of those, like, home video movies that, like, a lot of people just had, because I'm sure yeah. it was in the bargain zones like, at every had, store like, in the world. There were a lot of, like, big names in it, though. Like, it was a Robin Williams movie. No, yeah, it was Robin Williams and Ewan McGregor and Mel Brooks and... Who was the bad guy? Oh, he's somebody. Robots movie. Um, Hold on just a sec. Okay, so we've got... um, Oh, Halle Berry was the girl... Oh, cool. Um, Paula Abdul was somebody. Was she Piper? Um, or Oh, no, was she Fanny? I, I doubt Paula... No, she wasn't. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't remember the characters well enough to describe who they are based on the names. Um, maybe I should play another, another game where I quiz you on the names of the robots and robots. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I feel like you would know them. I feel like we know them too well. You don't know them, and I only, okay. I literally only know that the yellow girl's name is Piper, and that's okay. it. Okay, um, is, so I'm, okay, I'm gonna go backwards, because I'm just coming up with, on the spot. Three of them are real, and one of them is fake. You have to guess the fake one. Okay. Okay. Um, is the real, or is the fake person, um, Rodney Copperbottom, Crank, <laughs> um, hold on. Watch or I'm looking through the names. Hold on, I gotta find another good one. Okay, so this one is the real. One. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of these are pretty good. Um, a fire hydrant. <laughs> Wait, I forgot to come up with a fake one. <laughs> God damn it. It's not Watch. Somebody's <laughs> named Watch. Somebody's named Watch. Paula Abdul's character is just named Watch. Is that the little puppet guy that won't let him in the door? I don't. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> Terry Bradshaw plays broken arm robot. <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> so Adeline, 
What yeah. movie did you choose for us to speak about? I did today? not. Okay, I did not explicitly say, "Let's watch whatever it is in the neighborhood." It was like, yes, "What movies? Are, what movies were coming out?" And you were like, "It's a Wonderful Day in, May, in the Neighbor in the Maybehood was coming out." And I was like, "Okay, let's watch that one." And we were like, "Okay." I wasn't and like you said this. that. That's you making the decision that we were gonna do it. Yes, I did make that decision, but it wasn't like I wasn't like it like came to my head. It was like, "What movies are coming out that would be relevant in the public conscience?" And I was like, "And you were like, one of them is a lovely day in the neighborhood." And I was like, "All right, we'll do that one." Adeline. Yes. I can't figure out whether or not you not knowing the phrase beautiful day in the neighborhood is a bit or not. And if it's not, I'm very concerned about you. (laughs) A bloggerty day in the neighborhood. (laughs) Because that is a very common phrase from a song that we already have sung in this podcast episode. Okay, but here's the thing. And for some reason, you can't get a hold of it. Here's the thing. I never watched Mr. Rogers. Like, Mr. Rogers was, like, before my time. So I've got zero nostalgia for this movie. But you know the phrase, beautiful day in the neighborhood. Um, I know the phrase, a fantastic day in the house area. I'm gonna kill you. Okay. I understand, but why? (laughs) Um, so, um... I, I don't know. This movie was sort of one of the, like, Oscar season movies this year. Yeah. That never quite, like, broke through into, like, the best picture races, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but Tom Hanks got Best Supporting Actor nomination, so that's something. But, um, it... I don't know. I, I had sort of been putting it off. This was the first time that I'd seen it, too. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's a pretty good movie. It's got a lot of, like, really pretty shots in it and does a lot of really cool things creatively. Because what happened is that there was, like, an actual documentary about Mr. Rogers that came out before this movie came out. So I guess I kind of just expected this, not to be a documentary, but to definitely be, like, a more, like, kind of fantastical, like, biopic. Kind of how, like, Saving Mr. Banks was, like, a biopic. Like, I expected it to be Saving Mr. Banks is basically what <laughs> right. I thought it was going to be. And then when it, it... Like, it's not... It's, like, it's weirdly not about Mr. Rogers. And I no, think it's not a biopic. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's the, it's its own story. It's, like, telling a story through Mr. Rogers kind of, like, as... Kind of as Mr. Rogers, like, the way that he tells stories on the show, but, like, also he's just, like, another character in it. Like, I don't know. It's really interesting. Right. Um, I... Okay, did you watch any of the Oscars this year? I didn't. Right at the beginning, for, like, the opening musical number, Janelle Monae came out on stage in, like, a Mr. Rogers outfit and sang a little bit of Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Yeah. But, like, after that, she, like, took off the sweater and the button-up shirt and was in, like, a different, like, showy or, like, more dancey outfit. Yeah. Um, but when she came out, I guess they were in a hurry or something because she, like, missed the middle two buttons on her button-up shirt. <laughs> and every time she would move in this Mr. Rogers costume, like, her breasts would just, like, totally, like, come out of the front of her shirt. And it was like, I don't this is weird. I'm not into this. Why is it happening this way? <laughs> it has, okay, sexy Bob Ross Halloween costumes have been a thing. Are, are, like, sexy Mr. Rogers costumes, like, coming into the public consciousness? Yeah, I'm sure. Or and that's, that's not, not, it okay. wasn't on purpose. It was just like a... It's just how it had happened. <laughs> yeah, it's like they missed a couple of buttons and you could just, like, see her bare skin through the middle two buttons of her shirt as she was like... 
oh, isn't it? We should appreciate this wonderful man who did so much for so many children. I was like, this is weird. Not into it. (laughs) You're right, but. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I was just thinking about that at the beginning. Um, What what was your second favorite Oscars wardrobe malfunction, Jackson? um, My second favorite Oscars wardrobe malfunction was um, when Kristen Wiig... Everything that Kristen Wiig was wearing <laughs> fell down last year. Last year, Kristen Wiig fell down, and I thought that was very funny. How many people have fallen down at the Oscars? That didn't and happen. I made that up. How many people have... I know Jennifer Lawrence fell down that one year, and everyone was like, oh my god, she's so great. I don't even remember that. Okay, you know what kind of bothered me weirdly this year about the Oscars? I mean, there's what? a lot to be bothered about, but for yeah, some uh-huh. reason, we're still doing jokes about... Four years ago, when they read the wrong name, and we're still doing jokes about six years ago, when John Travolta said a funny name instead of Idina Menzel. Why can't we get over those things? Why are we still doing these still jokes? They're saying the wrong name. You got two people that are old as dust to read (laughs) and read off who the winner was. And it's not even their fault because you gave them the wrong thing. (laughs) And they're like, we're on stage on the Oscars. And it's like, we don't know what to do. And we already don't know what's going on because we're old as dust. So they're just trying to save face. And then everyone's going to make fun of them for the rest of forever. And it's (laughs) not fair. (laughs) And like... I don't know. It's like now in twenty the 2020 Oscar ceremony, they're like, oh, and the winner is, oh, I sure hope I don't read the wrong name. <laughs> and you're like, why? Why can't we come up with new things to joke about? Yeah, they're, like, people are writing these jokes, right? Like, they're writers. <laughs> I know who's not winning the Oscar for best writer. It's whoever wrote the Oscars. <laughs> oh, damn. I don't think they ever have, actually. No. I don't think that's ever happened. Probably not. Anyway. anyway. Um, <laughs> this movie, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Yeah. It's But, yeah, it's it's interesting because, like, I don't know, this was just, like, a much more interesting movie than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. A lot of the times when there's, like, a biopic that, like, sort of posits itself as, like, a big awards movie and, like, never really gets super popular, usually that just means it's boring. Yeah, that just means that it was bad. So, like, before awards season really started in earnest, I was like, I gotta see Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I was like, this is one of the movies I gotta make sure I end up actually going and seeing. Yeah. And then I, I didn't end up doing it. I missed it. And, like, for a while I was like, ah, man, I I feel like I missed my opportunity with that one. Like, I probably should have seen that before, it for like, the Golden Globes and the Oscars. But then all the nominations started coming out and it wasn't getting, like, a lot of Anything. nominations. And yeah. I was like, oh, it's probably bad then. Um, but actually it's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> Sorry that you think you're so smart because you read the Oscar nominations. Um, <laughs> I love the intro to this movie um, where it's like, you know, Tom Hanks comes out. He's Mr. Rogers and he's like, this is my picture board. And he like opens up like the pictures and shows them. And then he gets to one and he opens it up and it's like this guy with this like bruise on his face. And he's like this is my friend Lloyd. And it like weirdly feels like it's about to turn into like a John Wick movie for a second. It feels like, like it's going to turn into a horror movie for a yeah, second. Like it, yeah. it, it's a weird energy. 
Because they the way that they frame this movie, I think, is really fun and interesting and cool. That they kind of frame it like it in itself is a Mister Rogers right. episode, which, which I is love. really interesting. So like all of the like tracking shots of like travel or like a turning today or turning tonight are all like on the little miniatures that they like use on the show. Or like I like they have a segment where they just do like a how it's made on magazines for like a minute. I <laughs> right, got yeah. I gotta admit I was really down for. I was like, oh, yeah, it's stop. cool. I want to see how they how they made that. And then like <laughs> it's just it's it's just like it makes a lot of really cool decisions that I didn't think it was gonna. And there are a lot of really pretty shots, like because. Because it opens up as, like, an episode of the Mr. Rogers TV show. And he's like, meet my friend Lloyd. And it's, like, just, like, this guy. And then you just, like, then the movie's just about Lloyd. And you're like, uh, oh, okay. I didn't know this movie was about Lloyd. I thought it was right. about Mr. Rogers. No, yeah. And I don't know. I'm really fascinated by, like, the position that this movie takes on Mr. Rogers, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which is, like, it's it's not necessarily, like, oh, break taking him down a peg or anything like that. Yeah. But it's more realistic in the sense that it's like, this guy is, like, so kind and so compassionate and so wonderful that he just ends up being really annoying and kind of a pain in the ass for everybody around him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> which is, I don't know, it's kind of cool. And, like, because, you know, it's not like it's trying to, like, take a new stance or anything. It's just like, yeah, yeah he was. He was incredible. But all the producers fucking hated him because he couldn't stop being nice to people on set long enough to fucking get the show made record the show yeah (laughs) it's just kind of cool and you know the guy is like interviewing him and he's like saying all these things and he gets like frustrated because he's like i I don't buy it like i don't yeah like i can't like what's i don't get it i don't get this and he like is like weirdly like threatened by him you know yeah and and especially when mr like this is just like i don't know just like the way that they do Mr. Rogers is just, like, so accurate. That's, like, I know, like, 12 old men like this that are just, like, they care so much that they don't, like, they just don't care about, like, the social rules of, like, not talking about certain things. Right. So when they sit down and Mr. Rogers is immediately, like, I've been praying for you and your father and, like, how everything's going with your father. And Lloyd is, like, uh, bye, bye, see you later. I don't <laughs> right. want to talk about this. Like, it's just like, ah, oh, it's just, it's very accurate because there are, like, kind old men that are just like, so how are you doing? And you're like, uh, <laughs> I don't know how real to get with you right now. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, I Okay, so the other guy, who's the actor's name I can never remember. Um, sad face emoji man. Yeah. I, He's just got the saddest face. He was really not working for me. For Did a you lot not of the like movie. him? No. I mean, he gets better as the movie goes on, which is, a, I know, is a weird thing to say because obviously movies aren't shot in order and I don't know what his actual timeline works. was. Yeah. But it, I don't know if I was just getting used to him or it really is like his worst stuff just happens to be at the beginning. But like at the beginning of this movie, I was just like, this guy sucks. Like the character sucks, but also this performance is so like weirdly stilted and he just feels like he's reading lines all the time. And he, like, goes into the office, and the lady's like, I want you to do a piece on Mr. Rogers. And he's like, I don't write puff pieces. I do hard-hitting journalism. And you're like, fuck off. That is the, <laughs> like, even if you're a real person, that sucks to say. And if you're not, like, that is just lame writing. And I was like, I hate this. Like, well, this way- guy. I don't know, the way that it. I see it is that that's kind of the 
point because he changes as he goes and he gets better right. like as a person. But like I think that's also like an acting decision because he definitely goes from being like a one-dimensional person because he's not talking about any of his feelings to becoming a really three-dimensional person at the end of the movie. So I think at the beginning of the movie for him to be like, uh, I write hard-hitting, hard-hitting journalism and that's it. And to be like, oh, dude, my dad, I got a bad relationship with my dad. And then it's like, that's all he is. And I like, I right. think that's okay. I think it like mirrors what's going on with the character. Right. And I just also, I also didn't buy the scene at the wedding. I was like, this weird escalation doesn't make sense to me. And like, just the way you're acting towards everybody around you seems weird and I don't yeah. get it. Well, what I thought, especially because they do this really cool thing where like anytime he like sees his dad or people talk about his dad, he gets like this ringing in his ears. Right. So I really thought that his dad had like beat him as a kid or something. But when it turned out that he had just been an absent crappy father while his mom right. was dying, I was kind of like, I, I like not to say that that's not terrible and that you shouldn't be mad, but like, I really expected it to be something way worse because he yeah. was treating it as something way worse. And I feel like, you know, like I said, the movie does, like you said, get more nuanced as it goes along. And that's kind of part of it. But, like, I don't know, for some reason, especially, like, also at the beginning when he's, like, kind of riffing with his wife about, like, oh, and we're going to go to, I look forward to her weddings every year. You're like, I just don't, I don't buy this stuff. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, I don't know, it gets better, and so I, I shouldn't be complaining about it too much. But for the first, like, 20 minutes at least, I was like, god damn it, I hate this guy. Like, whoever this is. Obviously, you wanted to get Ed Norton. I wish you had just gotten Ed Norton. Uh, like, don't be mean. Um, but then he, then he got better. I don't know. I don't know him from anything else. I can't say. I just didn't like him in this movie um, until he got better. I don't know. Even still, towards the end, I sometimes was like, I don't know. Oh Whatever. I don't know. I didn't. I never like not liked him. I think I got. I understood what he was going through the whole time. I'm, ta- I, I'm kind of talking about him as an actor and as a character, kind of, like, at the same time. So right. So, excuse me as I try to separate the two. I don't... I, I think that's just the way that I look at movies. I tend to focus a lot more on the character, and I don't really notice the actor unless the actor is, like, doing a bad job, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it, it's kind of the point that, like, I shouldn't see the actor more than I see the character. So, like, I don't know, when he was, like, acting one-dimensionally, I wasn't like, oh, that's the actor doing the bad job. I was like, oh, Lloyd is a very one-dimensional guy, and he's going to become three-dimensional, you know? Mm-hmm, right. Um, and, I mean, then that's true. I don't know. I just didn't like his performance. We don't need to harp on this for any longer than we need okay. to. Because I've said everything I need to say, and I'm trying to find an out, and I can't think of a good transition, so I'm just right, saying the cool. same mean thing I already said over and over again. Yeah. Um, the, um... Okay, this is just weird. Apparently, I, I always thought that Mr. McFeely was black, but apparently he's not, and now I don't know what I'm thinking of. No, I think the milkman was black. Somebody was black. There was, like, a milkman who would show up, and he was black, I believe. Okay, maybe I'm getting them confused. Because I was um, like, I, I really thought Mr. McFeely was black, and no, he Mr. showed McFeely up, and he black. wasn't. And I had to be like, did they? Is, is that okay? And I was like, oh, he was never black? Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> um... Uh, but yeah, I don't know. We already kind of talked about him at that moment where he opens up one of the pictures and it's like a guy with like a facial injury. Yeah. And like, he's having trouble forgiving. You almost wanted to like hard cut to like a police chase or something. Yeah. Like, 
<laughs> like it, it felt like a parody, like immediately. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, but it's cool. Like it's a weird thing, and especially um, and they, you know, obviously they get sort of wacky and weird with the format of his show. Yeah. A couple of different times in the movie, but right at the beginning, it's like I don't know. It's weird, but it's also kind of cool. Like it is is definitely on purpose you know yeah. like it's like, clearly it makes... taking you outside of what you expect it to be you know yeah yeah like it's uh, it, it, i don't know if it's just societies like want to pervert things that are not that are inherently innocent like children shows and by pervert i don't mean like sexualize i mean like make edgy like right. anytime you see a video that's like, oh, it's Mario, but with a gun, like that. Like <laughs> right. I, don't, I think it's because we're so used to those type of parodies that whenever they kind of like talked about the format, like in a meta way, I just expected that meta way to be like, oh, but actually it's not innocent. But that like kind of wasn't what it was at all. The like meta narrative was kind of like it, it even like the fantasy land of Mr. Rogers' show, like affects the real world and the real right. world looks like this and it seems weird and scary compared to the fantasy world but like it's really not that's just what the world is right he, here's my take on it um the because especially later we could just get into it now there you know yeah. there's this whole sequence where like the movie turns into a weird psychological thriller yeah right? that, that part's weird <laughs> i love that part i love yeah. that part where like all of a sudden like he's being like haunted by mr rogers yeah. and like sees him <laughs> like, everywhere and he has these weird nightmares where he's like inside the mr rogers show and can't handle it yeah. um, but the thing about it is that like it feels like that but all the iconography is purely Mr. Rogers, there's this yeah. sequence where he has this, like, nightmare and he wakes up and it's like, bah! you know, but it's like everything yeah. they show you is just, like, really sweet little things that Mr. Rogers did to him the day before. Yeah. I, I don't, I think it's meant to be sort of unsettling and scary, but I think what they're trying to say is just that, like, we all live in the world and we're so beat down by it that when we're confronted with something that really is so pure and so good, we are kind of afraid of it. We kind of reject it and we don't really understand it you know yeah i think that's what they're trying to do they're making mr rogers kind of scary in a way without making him explicitly scary to watch yeah. but like the way that we engage with it is kind of upsetting because we're like we sort of we want to disengage like it makes us uncomfortable you know yeah, does exactly. that make sense yeah no because i think lloyd does the exact same thing because right. like him being like a hard-hitting journalist is like a thing but what he does is that he goes out into the world and picks out the worst of humanity so it's just like all mm -hmm. he does all day long and then it's like you gotta do something on mr rogers he's like all right how does this guy like actually suck even though he's supposed to be a nice guy right. and when he's just like so nice just so so uncomfortably amazingly nice <laughs> right. it's just like he just wants to disengage immediately because it's like yeah ew and it makes him feel, like, threatened, I think, you know? Because yeah. it's like, you know, he has yeah, whatever, like, he's picking out the horrible people in the world because I'm sure it makes him feel better about himself and his whole deal, you know? Yeah. To be able to... Because you are, you know, doing good in that sort of way when you're, yeah. like, finding out about the worst people and calling them out and doing exposés about horrible things. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's just a different sort of you have to engage differently with people who are doing really wonderful things and who are really wonderful and kind. I think it makes him self-conscious and uncomfortable about the way he's been living his life, seeing somebody who's that genuine and so pure, you know? 
And mm-hmm. I think I think that's you know what you're afraid of. You want to disengage with it because you don't like having this this model of what you could be doing better. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it, it feels weird to compliment the movie about this because I'm sure this is at least partially based on a real conversation that happened. But when he's talking to Mr. Rogers' wife and she's like, I don't like calling him a living saint because that makes it feel like you can never do what he's doing. And the point right. is that you could absolutely be doing what he's doing. <laughs> and just right. for whatever reason you are, you don't want to or you're unable to. But like, it's a completely attainable thing to do. Right. And that, no, yeah. that scares people. <laughs> right. No, it does. And especially because it is difficult, you know? Mm-hmm. It's something that we all would want to be, but it's not just as easy as just being it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, just do um, that. Why aren't you just doing that? <laughs> um, but, okay, so here's something I wrote down. I don't uh-huh. remember what I was thinking when I wrote it down, so let's let's take this apart for a moment. Just trying to figure out what you were thinking when you wrote um, it down. Yeah, I wrote down, this is like Venom. Except instead of Venom, it's Mr. Rogers. What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> I'm really trying to figure out what you're because talking about. They're both like hard-hitting journalists. Yeah. And then they like get haunted by this external force that changes their lives, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of a half-thought-out there's a lot less sentiment. sexual tension in this movie than there is in Venom. Right, that's true. Um, I mean, you're right. I do. <laughs> I, I, it, Jesus. I think the point that really makes that come across is like when he's like, he's his dad has had the heart attack and he's like leaving the hospital and going to Pittsburgh and he just like keeps seeing Mister Rogers and like all the reflections and keeps like trying to like see right. him and he's not seeing him like I don't, like I get it like it's, that's very Venom <laughs> very Venom <laughs> maybe I was right maybe this movie is Venom except Mister Rogers um, I'm gonna write that dissertation I think right. when I go back to get my doctorate I'm gonna be like a beautiful day in the neighborhood and Venom it's the same movie let's dig the into same? it. And I'll be like, they're not the same movie, but sometimes they're similar. For Maybe I'll put that on IMDb trivia. <laughs> Did you know that this movie is kind of like Venom? Kind of like think Venom about it. in a lot of interesting ways. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a lot less homoerotic, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wrote down regarding this guy's performance that it feels like me whenever I try to act on camera. (laughs) (laughs) So you're just going to roast yourself real quick? Well, I mean, it's just like the truth because I'm not an actor and I don't have the skill set. I don't have the talent for it. And I do it and I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel like that went pretty good. And then I watch it and I'm like, oh, no, I'm not into this. This doesn't feel natural and it's no good. That's how I felt when I was watching this guy in the first half hour of the movie. Anyway, um, the um, I love the moment where he asks him about the difference between himself and Mr. Rogers, you know? Yeah. Because that's, like, a perfectly reasonable line of thinking, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he has this persona on the show, but it's, you know, different than him in reality. And he would say, like, oh, so, like, you know, what do you have to do to, like, get into this mindset? How do you sort of get in character or whatever it is? Like, how do you differ mm-hmm. from this, like, persona that you've put out? And Mr. Rogers is, like, weirdly almost kind of offended by the question, you know? Yeah. Um, I just think it's really interesting. And, like, that first interview is so cool because, like, you've never really met him before. And you're, like, talking to him for the first time. Yeah. And you, you, almost, you want him to sort of, like, 
break the facade, you know? You yeah. want him to, like, sit down and be like, oh, hey, what's up, man? How's it going? No, yeah, you know, I just do the show or whatever. Like, that's what you kind of want him to say, you know? Yeah. You still want him to be cool and nice, but you want him to, like... In, like... Uh- like Disengage. a relatable way. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. But he's just like so goddamn sincere and wholesome all the time. <laughs> like <laughs> you wish he would just like get a beer with you or something. But, he's <laughs> but just, he like, will not. He absolutely won't. Um and that moment this is just in the same vein, like later where they're at the diner and he's like, I want I want sixty seconds of silence to remember all the people that loved you into being. And they sit there and they give you that 60 seconds and they, you get that like slow zoom in on Tom Hanks's face as he's just making eye contact with you, you know? Yeah. And you have to like be this journalist who's sitting there and just be like, <sighs> just like, dude, I <laughs> like you are the best of humanity, but can you knock it off though, please? Just, <laughs> like, I just need you to confront Mr. Rogers real quick. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't know. It's such a cool take on this guy and like the way he interacted with the world you know yeah i i i what i really like about lloyd as the main character is that i it's a depiction of fatherhood that i don't think i've like seen this like specific depiction of before like i feel like there's a lot of narratives of like men becoming fathers and kind of having to like figure out how to be a father and this is a version of that but mm-hmm. this is, like, a father who's, like, there and present and in a healthy relationship and, like, has a good job and is, like, here and present and is still, like, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't know. Right. It, it, it's just a very cool version of, like, something that I think we've seen before, but being, like, he's set up, like, he's got all the right cards, but because of stuff that's happened to him in the past, for some reason, he's still got all those hangups. And it's like he's got an amazing relationship with his wife, and he's got a great relationship with his kid, but yet he's still like, uh, this, like, he, I, I don't want to be doing the baby stuff. I would rather right. be working. Totally. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I feel like you just relate to him in that moment because, like, I don't know. When he talks to Mr. Rogers, he's just like, ah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, at first. And mm-hmm. you, you as an audience, kind of just also don't get it. You're like, "What's this guy's deal?" <laughs> like, yeah, and Why you have to he sort stop of stop smiling, <laughs> right? Exactly, and you have to like sort of learn how to engage with that. You know, mm-hmm. um, I love, um, and I love that Mister Rogers just calls him at home the next day too. Yeah, <laughs> and like they pick up the phone and they're just like, "Hi, who is this?" And he's like, "Oh, this is Fred Rogers." And you're like, "Oh." How did you okay. get this number? <laughs> yeah. You're like, uh, okay, yeah, hi, what's up? How's it going? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this is, and that's the first time they do the, uh, the like, nightmare where yeah, he's where getting he's these horrible flashes of, like, Mr. Rogers and his little puppets just, like, doing cute things. And then he, like, wakes up in a cold sweat. Yeah. And it's well, cool. They're, I just they're, love like, that. Talking, they're, like, talking about him and they're like this is my friend Lloyd and they're like when mommy and daddy get a divorce it means they still love you and it's like oh oh man this guy's this guy's got psychological problems <laughs> um and um but yeah I don't know and I like that Lloyd sort of just learns to take take Mr. Rogers more seriously you know yeah because there's a lot of there's a lot of differences between like how he interacts with him like from interview to interview 
the first mm-hmm. time he's just like, oh, what's it like having a kid's show? How's What's your public persona? How's it different from your real life? And he's just like, I don't know, he's this guy who does a TV show. You know, I'll ask him those kinds of mm-hmm. questions. And then, like, he slowly starts to, like, sort of take him more seriously. Be like, oh, this is a guy who really cares really deeply about a lot of things and, like, has something to say. And he starts asking him questions that are more, like, that must be a really heavy burden for you because people really, really trust you with those kinds of things. And Mr. Rogers, like, no matter what he's asking him, it seems like Mr. Rogers never quite just gives him a straight answer you know yeah he always like starts to deflect and like turn around on him and start asking him questions instead Mm -hmm. and like i don't know i don't know how to i don't know how to engage with that because it's sort of part of mr rogers whole deal was about like you know expressing yourself in a healthy way and like it's okay to have emotions and be sad and be angry but yeah what's important is that you have a healthy way to express yourself and do that kind of thing and for me to have him ask Mr. Rogers, those questions that are like harder questions that make you engage with those sides of yourself a little bit. The fact that Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to engage and sort of deflect makes me feel like he's, you know, like not engaging with his emotions in a healthy way, you know? Yeah. Um, I I I don't know how to make, I don't know what to make of that. What I took it as was that it wasn't, it wasn't Rogers trying to deflect (laughs) a question because he didn't want to deal with answering it it was more like it was obvious that lloyd was asking those questions for kind of the wrong reasons right like when you when you said like he starts like actually like realizing that he's like got something to say i the way that he asked the questions it made it seem like it's i need to dig deeper in order to break this facade (laughs) not that there isn't a facade but that it's a more complicated facade than just a mean guy pretending to be nice, you know? Right, yeah. So when he asks him questions like that, the fact that Mr. Rogers doesn't give him a straight answer, I think it's making Lloyd work harder to create his own opinion of Mr. Rogers mm-hmm. than it is Mr. Rogers just giving him a straight answer for, like, what he's thinking. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, the, um... Uh, sorry, I'm looking at my notes. Um no, that's I'm going to say it like a hundred times, but I love the weird part of this movie where all of a sudden, like, it's It's this weird, like, psychological thriller. Like, his dad has a heart attack and he goes to the hospital and he's like, oh, I'm so freaked out. I gotta, I want to go to work. I gotta go interview Mr. Rogers. And all of a sudden he, like, sees the puppets everywhere and, like, the, uh... (laughs) He, like, has a dream while he, like, gets to the studio and has this weird dream where he's, like, on the show and then he passes out, and then he wakes up in Mr. Rogers' <laughs> Mr. house. Rogers. Like, and, like... Is there, just, a, like, is there an interpretation of this movie where he, like, never actually met Mr. Rogers? Because I, I like that one. <laughs> just all on his head. Yeah, just um, every the, single second of it. <laughs> and then, like, you know, Mr. Like, he's in the castle, and he's tiny talking to the puppets, and giant Mr. Rogers shows up, and is like, yeah. I want you to say, I like you. He's like, no, no! <laughs> <laughs> well and i think like as silly and like good as it is like i think it really is that like these like really simple innocent ideas can be really really difficult for some people sometimes totally yeah like they, they talk about it with the mr rogers show all the time it's like mr rogers like openly like talked about death and like change and divorce and all those things and children were able to handle it because mr rogers knew how to handle it but 
the reason that he was talking about it at all is because he saw adults that couldn't handle it. He was right, like, how do right. I make sure that these children can handle it when it does happen? Mm-hmm. Hey, Adeline, do you want to get into um, some trivia time? Oh, God, this trivia is going to suck. <laughs> no, I, okay. I, I basically only have one gag here. Usually okay. newer movies don't have as much, but I found yeah. some good stuff here. After um, they've been out for like 10 years, that's when you get the good right. trivia. Um, did you know this production was made possible with the support of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania? Did you know Sony Pictures Entertainment and its whole-owned film divisions did not receive any payment or other consideration for the depiction of tobacco products in this film? Did you know that no animals were harmed? (laughs) Okay, these are... These aren't the fun facts. These are just facts. In loving memory of Jim Emswiller. So so just to be clear, somebody (laughs) just read the credits. The credits, yep. And put it on IMDb. (laughs) Okay, did you know that no animals were harmed in the making of this film? It's not a trivia question. That's so good. (laughs) Because that's true of all films today. (laughs) And they put the, like, in memoriam of, like, the one guy who died while they were on production of this movie in the trivia. (laughs) This is what Jerry would have wanted. (laughs) I, I, I just like to imagine that you're sitting there in a theater watching like a totally like regular movie and then you get to the end of the credits and it's like animals were harmed in the making of this movie and you just <laughs> have to like sit there and think of what animal and when. Right. <laughs> we were paid by big tobacco companies. We got a bunch of money from oh, the tobacco companies. Oh, we got so companies. much money. Our na- my they hired Marvel, us to hurt some you- animals. My name is Marvel, and the U.S. military did give me a lot of money. <laughs> the big tobacco companies, they paid us to hurt animals. How do you feel about that? <laughs> do you and you're like, oh, that? no, I like this you, movie so much. <laughs> you just paid money for that. This is your fault. <laughs> and then Mr. Rogers follows you home, and then you have to go to Pittsburgh. And- <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rogers haunts your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> um... Do you want to know the most useless thing that I wrote down in my notes that seemed like a good idea at the time, but now it doesn't help me in any capacity? Yeah. Uh, I wrote down, there are a lot of really pretty shots in this movie. Like, Uh there are. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I don't even know what that was in reference to, but there there are a lot of really pretty shots in this movie. But yeah, it's weird that, like, because especially in the format of, like, a biopic, quote-unquote, right? Yeah. Part of what you want when you see a movie like this is you kind of want an expose, right? Yeah. You kind of want to go in and, like, see this side of them that you didn't get to see as an onlooker when you just, like, admired them, you know? Mm-hmm. It is sort of – in a weird sort of way, I think this engages with your, your expectations as an audience member of what you want this movie to be. Right. Oh, absolutely. And this movie's kind of saying like, there's not a big story, <laughs> you know. Yeah. He just is exactly kind of who you think he is. And yeah, like that's everything what you've you heard about Mr. Rogers with. is just like absolutely right. And right. Like, he he probably did a lot more cool things than you thought he did. <laughs> yeah, if anything, he's cooler and better than you thought. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, and I don't know because especially now when like. There's a great quote from um, Patrick H. Willems um, 
where he talks about how, like, in the system that Hollywood has set up right now, where practically everything has to be, like, based on a property, mm-hmm. um, the last things that are, like, consistently profitable without being, like, action franchises are biopics. Because, you know, see, like, Elton John has mm-hmm. just as much brand recognition as lego or marvel does you yeah. know oh, so they can they can bank on you going to see the queen movie even though it's not technically based on anything it's just a yeah. true story but like it has that level of of brandedness just inherently in it you know um everybody knows that one girl whose whole personality is just the fact that she likes the beatles we all know that one girl <laughs> Right, but um, I, I don't see how that's relevant to what I was saying, but sure, yes. Well, because, like, people will go and see that because, like, it's not, like, people, like, have, like, fandoms and, like, like base their lives around, like, franchises like Harry Potter and Marvel right. or whatever. But, like, people are just as fanatic about celebrities, even if it's, like, not connected to anything. Like, we all know that one, that one person who's, like, Marilyn Monroe is their, like, is their identity and it's, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> how long you do you do think you, until we get how long do you think until we get a jk rowling biopic oh uh, maybe never i think she's been canceled but i don't think that's even necessarily part of it right you can make biopics about people who are canceled i think that <laughs> does, does does hitler count as canceled <laughs> hitler got so canceled adeline <laughs> he killed himself because he was so canceled so he was so couldn't handle it. We canceled him so bad, he took his own life. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is problematic. I don't think so. <laughs> Chris I Hemsworth. Not. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that Chris Hemsworth is playing Hulk Hogan in the Hulk Hogan biopic next year. That's true. It's Hulk so, Hogan did get canceled. Yeah. Um, but I don't even necessarily think it would just be like, oh, they were so great. I think I would totally go see a movie that's like engaging with like the story of how she wrote Harry Potter, but then like jumped to ten years later when she like can't keep her fingers out of it and like is slowly yeah. sort of like tarnishing her brand by like just not being able to keep her mouth shut, you know? Yeah. Th- that's an arc want, to a story I would watch. I want a Comedy Central roast, but it's a movie <laughs> with a plot. <laughs> right. Like, I don't think that's I what want I, that's that. what I want the whole Kogan biopic to be. Just right, like, this yeah. guy fucking sucks. <laughs> that's I have just not Let's the see. whole movie. I gotta figure out what's the deal with the Hulk Hogan biopic. Because the fact that Chris Hemsworth is playing him is fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um But let me let me just add some details here. Let me just Google some dreamy pictures of Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> so cast i want to know who is like directing it oh fuck you know who's directing it who todd phillips who todd phillips oh okay so uh hey probably it's probably not gonna be about how bad hulk hogan is huh (laughs) whoops whoopsie poopsie (laughs) the director of of joker and the hangovers and Uh etc yeah Uh oh, (laughs) i was kind of excited about this but now maybe i'm thinking maybe this won't be as cool as i hoped it was Oopsie. In my head, I was like, oh, this is probably going to be kind of like a big short kind of thing where it's like, oh, this scathing satire of like this like telling of this true story. But It might still be that. It could be. I don't it know. I guess we'll see. How much He's awareness gonna... does Todd Phillips have of how bad of a person Hulk Hogan yeah, is? Yeah, Todd Phillips is going to draw a line in the sand and where he draws that, we'll just have to <laughs> wait in yeah. horror to find out. 
Remember when Joker came out and he just like kept doing interviews about how it's impossible to be funny anymore because of PC yeah. culture and he just wouldn't stop doing them. <laughs> Remember that? Like, buddy, like you didn't you didn't even make a comedy. How could you like... <laughs> I know. He's like so hung up on it that it does not even relevant. <laughs> it's not like relevant to the Joker it. at all. <laughs> If Maybe that's what the Joker was really about. Maybe he feels like the Joker because you can't he's make not any woke. jokes anymore. You can't shoot anybody on live TV anymore you because of PC culture. Uh, that Robert De Niro represents PC culture in the Joker. Yeah. Or no, wait. Maybe so. Thomas Wayne represents PC culture. Maybe Alfred represents PC culture. <laughs> in... Was that Alfred? I thought it was Alfred. I think it the subtitle been. said it was Alfred. Anyway, um, it could have been anybody. It wasn't important that it was Alfred, but you can say it's Alfred. Right. Doesn't matter. Anyway, the verdict is Todd Phillips, cool guy. Love him. Um, <laughs> Best guy. Whoopsie. <laughs> so, um, did you know, Adeline, that apparently Tom Hanks and Mr. Rogers are sixth cousins? Isn't everybody like eighth cousins? Yeah. So, that was a bit that I was looking at when I was looking through like trivia and sort of reading up on this movie. People are like, oh, Tom Hanks has played people he's related to three different times because he's similarly distantly related to both Walt Disney and the guy he played in The Post. But hey, it's like, I think everybody might just be six cousins. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, yeah, that doesn't I, I seem that crazy to me. if you're an old white dude, I think you're probably six <laughs> cousins with Walt Disney also. Right. And someday when Tom Hanks plays me in a Jackson McMurray biopic, yeah. they'll be like... Oh, this is the fourth time because Jackson McMurray and Tom Hanks are actually eighth cousins. And I'll be like, oh, shit, really? Uh, (laughs) But you'll be dead and Tom Hanks will be alive as well because he's been cryogenically frozen this whole time. Right. Adeline, did you know that we're second cousins with Garth Brooks? Oh, my God. That's true. Because I I don't think second cousins is right, but you've heard this story before, right? Probably. Because our grandma Joy... And Garth Brooks's mom were cousins. And that means that our grandparents write letters to Garth Brooks all the time trying to get his attention. God. And I don't think he's ever, ever responded. Are we not related to the McMurray NASCAR driver? Or is that just a fun coincidence? I don't think we are. I don't think so. Jamie McMurray. What are some other good McMurrays? Um... Us and I think that's it. I felt like there was one other good. <laughs> Can we get Jamie McMurray on the podcast as our God, third sibling? Cool. We should get Garth Brooks on the podcast. But his last name is a McMurray. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I'm just gonna Google McMurray and see what comes up. If you Google my full name, like four pictures down, at least in middle school when I did this, when I just Googled my name in Google Images, like four images down, there's just like a topless woman just like on Google Images, and I don't know why. <laughs> That just happens sometimes. That just happens sometimes. Uh, okay, Google so when I Google the word McMurray, uh, the first thing that comes up is Murray McMurray Hatchery. We gotta go there. Um, hatching the highest quality chickens, and they offer free shipping. I don't understand what's going on Are they on gonna here. ship us a chicken? They could ship us little baby chicks, I guess. What, what, what's, what's the price? How much? Okay, hold on. Order now. Um, order as few as six. So if we're going to do this, we have to commit to at <laughs> least minimum. six. The um, minimum. Hold on. 
I'm looking at this. It says seven dollars and seventy-five cents for one to five chickens. That can't be right. Wait, hold on. I would like to know how many chickens I am receiving. <laughs> one to five. What does that mean? Oh, hold on, hold on. Okay, chicks, all baby chicks. I want to buy. Wow, there are so many different kinds of chickens. I didn't even know. Yeah, oh, dude, there's so many different types of chickens. Ooh, I like this one because it looks like furry. It looks kind of like a bear. Yeah, there's like the black ones with like the furry legs. I forget what five seventy five a them. piece. Damn, damn! There's... I could spend six dollars and get a cool, like, thick, hairy chicken. You have you can't you can't have that in an apartment. You gotta like <laughs> right, but like they'll just ship it to me. <laughs> How do you ship a live baby <laughs> bird? This can't be right. There's gotta be something I'm missing here. Are they fake? <laughs> <laughs> Is this a prank? I mean, um, I think you could you could probably raise a chick in your apartment. I don't think you could have a yeah. chicken in I your don't know, apartment. Maybe. And therein lies the problem. I mean, here's the thing. I moved out of this apartment in like five months. so. Yeah, but you're going to move into a house that has five other people living in it. You can't just be like, hey, I'm going to make a chicken coop in the backyard. Yeah, so what's the problem with one chicken? There's already five people. <laughs> And get and listen. And how many eggs is that? Like a lot. Like they lay like two a week. I could buy a quail. But quail. I, I guess I guess you could eat quail eggs. <laughs> Important. Please read. Do not give quail city water. <laughs> they want that country water. Yeah. City slickers just don't understand. <laughs> they just don't understand. Well, quails are way more expensive. You have to shell out four hundred bucks for a quail. Oh, that's a lot of money for a quail. I could oh, go wait, outside fuck. and pick up a coil. This is one hundred for three hundred and fifty-three dollars. Why can't I just buy one quail and also okay, are you buying a sure hundred quails? Are you sure these aren't like fertilized eggs? I mean, yeah, that's what they are. I think. I don't trust putting an <laughs> egg in the postal service. Do people farm quails? How does that work? Why, I'm what's sure the... well, people, yeah, you can buy quail eggs. Someone has to oh. farm them. Oh, Adelaide, we could buy a peacock. Oh, they, have, they have peacock farms. I don't know what you do with a peacock once you have a peacock, though. <laughs> I don't know either. Like, with a chicken, you just love the chicken, and the chicken gives you eggs, and you're like, all right, this was an equal exchange. But, like, with a peacock, does it just stare at you and hate you yeah. with its little heart full of blackness? I could buy two peacocks for $400. That's, that's too many. <laughs> too I, many I, dollars. No, you sh- they need to be friends. Wait, They're do you available have to as buy a juvenile male-female pair. Yeah, they come in two. They come as with a male-female okay, pair. Okay, yeah, they have to be friends. See, you don't get that with a chicken. You can just have one chicken. That's not true. I think you have to have multiple chicken. I don't know how chickens work. <laughs> Damn, this rules. I want to buy a peacock so bad. Jason, don't buy a peacock. That peacock will hate you until it dies. And it's going to live to be like 80. And you're just going to have this peacock that hates you for the rest of your life. Um, I'm trying to see. A lot of them are sold out. I'm trying to see if any of them I have never have once met a peacock where I thought this peacock would not want to murder me the second that it got a chance to. I've never met a peacock that I wasn't physically afraid of, <laughs> of it harming me. Yeah, but if you raised it from a babe, you wouldn't have that problem. I think it would still hate you. <laughs> a female white peafowl? That's what, the, no... that's what the peacocks at the zoo are. And those peacocks <laughs> are always trying to eat children. But they didn't. the children didn't raise those peacocks. From scratch. No, no. Um, fuck. What would I have to do to have a peacock? Like, straight up. A lot. You would have to have, like, a big space for it to, like, live. And you would have to right. have some kind of, like, in- like 
a chicken coop, but for pe- peacocks. Right, 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 right. But a that doesn't seem coop, like that crazy will. of a thing to have to do. I'm I moving mean, into a house with a backyard soon. I mean, I like regular people or chickens. There. I'm not talking about chickens. I know you're not, but I'm saying this as <laughs> a comparison. Like... Don't buy a peacock because you're gonna. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Because you're gonna have to move eventually, and you don't want to have to move with a peacock. What? If, okay. What if you're in a house in the backyard, and then you got to move to L.A. and move we from have Salt Lake City to Los Angeles with a peacock? Yeah. What are you gonna do with a peacock? I don't know. Whatever they did to ship it to me in the first place, I could no, do but that. But that was to when it was it an egg, Angeles. not when it was a teen bird. It says chicks. It doesn't say eggs. Is he just going to mail you a bird? <laughs> Are they just mailing birds? <laughs> I have to know more about this. Okay, like, if you buy a chicken, I will not be upset. I feel like that would be like Joaquin Jr. That's fine. Right. But, like, don't buy a peacock. <laughs> okay. I feel like you have to buy in bulk on this website. If I wanted to get just one, I don't it think that would. It is a hatchery. I think you would have to call them and be like, hey, how do I get one chicken? Right, right. 15 heavies. I guess there's a kind of chicken just called a heavy, which is weird. I love them. I could buy 15 for $40. That's that's a lot of chickens. That's a lot. What was it said you could have five for $6? Yeah, somewhere else it said one to five, which I don't know what that means. Maybe they just send you the eggs, so there's like a chance that one of the eggs won't work, so they like send you five, and it's just like statistically... Okay, so here's everything available. We'll get off this eventually. Oh, uh, no. This first is the of all, rest of the podcast. First of all, I want to support them because they share our name. Yeah, um, we're probably eighth cousins. So you can get chickens. You okay. can get ducks and geese. You can get turkeys. So you could just take your Chandler cosplay to, like, the next level with you this. You can get guineas. I don't know what a guinea is. It's like a duck, but different. Um, pheasants. Peacocks. Um, cranes? I could buy an East African crane? You can buy your own crane wife. <laughs> what? That's what happens to crane wife, right? Damn, I have to shell out $2,000 for an East African crane. Yeah, that's what happens in the crane wife, is somebody buys a crane online and isn't equipped to take and care it, of it. And it comes in the mail, and then they open the box, and then it flies out of the box, and they're like, no, my crane wife. What, what kind of bird attacks Paul Blart and Paul Blart Mall Cop 2? I'm going to be real with you, homie. I don't remember a fuck of what happens in Call Mott Plarbart 2. <laughs> Is it a crane? I think it's a crane. It's probably a crane. Google, what kind of Google? bird kills Paul Blart? Where does Google go when I'm scared? <laughs> Is that a reference to the VeggieTales movie, Where's God yes. When I'm Scared? Yes. Uh, it is a crane. It is an East African crane. Okay, if I wow. buy an East African crane, I could reenact you can take Paul Blart cosplay too. to the next level. God damn it! I want to do that. <laughs> we there is a lot of cosplay adjacent foul birds that you can buy. I could buy an ibis. What's the crane that people mistake for Mothman sometimes? Get one of those. <laughs> I don't know. What's the kind of crane that looks like a munchkin hanging itself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe cranes are haunted, just like as a species. <laughs> Look at this. 
Look at this. I'm sending you a link right now. Okay. <laughs> I can just buy an ibis. We see those at the zoo. If I've got a thousand dollars laying around, I can just buy an ibis from the McMurray hatchery. What did you say? And you could just have one of those. Just yeah, have it. as a pet that you're friends with. But Jackson, they're sacred. You can't just have one. What do you mean they're sacred? Who says that? Or an, oh, they're an, yeah, it's a sacred ibis or an opportunistic feeder in addition to fish, snails, frogs, and <laughs> oh. insects from the water. It says that on the website. And they might also eat the young of other birds. <laughs> That's fine. Well, how I do you do that. feed this thing? Do you just? That's you a good question. What do they eat? Are they scavengers? It said it just eats whatever. <laughs> just like make another serving of whatever you're making. <laughs> no, like whatever Give it, to it your finds pet in the water. Oh, this is my new favorite website. Where the fuck? You can also just buy a turkey, like a full ass turkey. I like, know, isn't that crazy? It, what is what's under hatching eggs? Chicken hatching eggs, duck. Oh, these are like eggs that you buy. Whoa. What's a Bob White quail? There's a Bob Hope quail. A Bob Hope quail. Check oh, out this. Cute. This is the coolest fucking oh, turkey Jackson, I've we ever seen. Get a, we should get a gamble quail. Those are the little quails that have like blue heads and they have the thingy on their head. Yeah. I, I just sent you a link. This is called a midget white turkey. And it's beautiful. Oh. It's like this beautiful, like pure white turkey. I'm going to cry. I want him so bad. Oh, he's really pretty. And it only costs $13 for 20 Jackson, of them. Jackson, we live in... I guess you don't... Oh, never mind. I was about to say, you can't, you can't own a pet turkey in Spokane, Washington, because once a <laughs> oh, year, right. when they all the rednecks go on their turkey murder spree in order to keep the turkeys out of our neighborhoods, <laughs> that guy's gone. They only did that one time. And they did a bad job. They yeah. couldn't find any of the turkeys. <laughs> okay, so let's tell this story. In Spokane, Washington, they're often in the in the fall and in the winter, there are turkey problems. A There's lot of turkeys lot of come turkeys. out. They, like, get in the streets and they, like, kind of back up traffic sometimes. I think they're an invasive species also. Um, yeah, they're, it's no bueno. But so, yeah, we've got this problem with turkeys. It's not a huge problem, but it is a problem. So yeah. one year... They were like, it wasn't even that they were going out and killing turkeys. They were like, I think the most humane way to deal with this is if we all, as a society, just <laughs> went out and found a whole bunch of turkey nests and smashed up the eggs, right? Like population control. Yeah. So they tried to do that and nobody could find any turkey Not, nests with any eggs in them. Nobody fucking found where the turkeys are laying their eggs. <laughs> and, and like it, in the news, they were like... Spokane turkey hunt yields zero <laughs> results. Because I heard that, and it was like, hey, if you, like, see some turkey eggs, like, smash them this year, because we're going to see if this, like, helps with population control. Right. And, like, I'm, as a society, we're like, yeah, all right. And then, like, a week later, we all turn to the news, and they're like, we can't fucking find, <laughs> find any, any turkey eggs. And in their defense, <laughs> I don't know where turkeys make no. their nests. Of course Like, not. I don't know where the fuck the turkeys go, after they've done been done blocking traffic for like an hour and then they walk right. back into the woods like i don't know where they go i don't know what they're doing that's their business right and it's like shouldn't somebody know like it <laughs> yeah. just be does a anybody know where turkey nests are supposed to be <laughs> like there's somebody we could ask about it right there's like, gotta be right? somebody like some biologist somebody knows where these fucking eggs are right <laughs> You 
could just follow a bunch of turkeys till they got to where their nest was. Why did yeah, anybody do that? Do a stakeout. Follow them. Yeah. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Why did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing or just the turkey hunt? Just the turkey part. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, should we I get back know, to the movie? I, I don't know whose idea that was, where they were like, uh, it was like that that person must have like felt really smart at like the community center when like we've all come together and we're like, all right, we gotta do something about these turkeys. They just like stand in the middle of the road and I've been late to work like five times and they, <laughs> they're also ruining the environment or whatever, but that's not what right. I care about. And then they're like, okay, well, we don't want to just go around shooting turkeys because that sounds like a bad idea. So Correct. here's what we'll do. We'll just go around and we'll smash a bunch of eggs before they turn into turkeys. And everyone was like, oh, Jim is the smartest guy. This is a great idea. <laughs> totally humane. This is an excellent idea. Great. Gets rid of all the turkeys. And then they all go out and all their special gear. And they're all so excited to fix this problem. And they and they just, there's just fucking nothing. They just don't do anything. <laughs> they can't find anything. <laughs> they're um... not. Um, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Let's just wrap this up. We've already been going for 90 minutes. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but it was something way cooler than what I thought it was going to be. So two things, three things. Uh, first of all, I like at the end when he like is really honest with himself and about how he's feeling. And when he like talks to his wife and is like brutally honest about why he's doing the things he's doing. I like that. Those are good arcs. I like when people can do that. Um, because that's something that I that I try to do as much as I can. Like, if I'm ever, like, upset about something or, like, in a fight with somebody or, like, you know, I try to, like, break down and be like, okay, okay, okay. I, if, if I'm being hostile or upset, I'm just going to assume that I'm in the wrong and I'm going to figure out why I feel this way and what I could do about it. Yeah. And so that's just something that I really feel passionately about, like, expressing. I don't know. Whatever. Um... I like the little exchange between the guy and his dad where he's like, do you want a drink? And he's like, I know uh, I love that. No, I don't think so. It's like, not even like a beer? He's like, well, I mean, if you want to drink with me, I'll have a drink if, if it'll make you happy. And he's like, well, I, I don't want it to make you happy. I just want, if you want a drink, I'll get you a drink. And he's like, well, okay, I'll have a beer. He's like, well, we don't have any beer. And he's like, okay, well, I don't, I don't want a beer. We don't have any beer. And he's like, okay, fine. <laughs> he's like, know. dehydrate. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just so funny. Um, I don't like though when at the end mr rogers shows up and he's like hanging out with the family and i mean i like that like in general as a scene but then the moment where chris cooper is like oh you know if i'm still even here and he like mentions that maybe he's about to die and everyone gets Mm -hmm. really quiet and mr rogers is like well you know death really isn't so bad and everyone's like yeah you know what mr rogers you're right. That was really. That I, was really I, 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 well, <laughs> I, I think that scene is just an extension of the Mr. Rogers is so nice that sometimes it's uncomfortable and weird. And I think that is a part of that where he's I like, didn't read it that way. That's how I read it, as it was like, he, this is a problem that Mr. Rogers has had to talk about before, so he, like, knows how to talk about it, so his family is, like, kind of dealing with it. He's like, oh, I have something applicable, and everyone's like, no, no, shh, no, shh. (laughs) To me, it felt more like, Mr. Rogers is so profound and so wonderful that even in these hardest moments, he can say one thing that 
will really put things in perspective and be this wonderful nugget of wisdom. But I was like, nah, fuck off. Death is scary. Like, <laughs> that's, that's not what I got, but go off. <laughs> um, and then he like goes over and whispers in Chris Cooper's ear and you're like, what did he say? And then I think that's actually like a cooler quote, but still, like before I knew what it was, I was like, oh, he whispered some profound wisdom in Chris Cooper's ear that made him not afraid of dying anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But that wasn't the way they played that last part. No. Because he just says that cool thing about how he asked him to pray for him. And I was like, oh, that's nice. I like that. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Anyway. um, So, yeah. So we spent about um, 40 minutes of this podcast talking about chickens. At um, least it's the bottom half. Like, we had already talked about right. the movie. When we do that before we've talked about <laughs> the movie, something's gone wrong. To be honest, though, I like those episodes better than the ones where we really stay on task. And I feel like that's not uncommon for podcasts no, like this. People no, like our, our niche is that we have around. no niche. So we're doing, we're great. <laughs> um, give me just a minute here because I didn't find a review beforehand. I put too much effort into my cat's quiz and my trivia that I didn't. Adelaide, do you want to hear a five-star review of A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? I sure would like to. That was supposed to be Mr. Rogers, and it just sounded like <laughs> Jack Nicholson. Yeah. But it's yeah, a little yeah, weird. I, I would. That, like, Mr. Rogers' real voice and Tom Hanks' voice in this are not really that similar. I know. Tom, Tom Hanks is like, oh, won't you be my neighbor? I'm just a sweet little old man. But, like... I ain't ever hurt nobody. Mr. Rogers is really more like, oh, and won't you be my neighbor? You know, he's a little louder, you know? You know, I, 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 why am I doing that today? <laughs> You're doing I it on purpose. Stop it. I'm not. Mr. Rogers is, like, more of just a dude who's making a TV show while Tom Hanks has, like, got, like, this, like, energy around him. Right. You know? Anyway, um, as I was saying, uh, I started, I just started scrolling and I lost it. I don't know why I started doing that. There we go. Okay. Cool. I am absolutely positive that Fred Rogers was the kindest man on the planet. I never met him or watched the show when I was little, but I miss him so much. Also, best fourth wall break ever. What? <laughs> Okay, I blame a Deadpool for exactly. this society's obsession with the fourth wall break. It's, it's so not, dumb. It's not funny. Shakespeare's been doing it for forever. You're not interesting. <laughs> and like God. The whole, it's, I mean, look, on a certain level, I get it when Deadpool did it, and it was kind of the first time we'd seen something that was that outrageous, right? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of other movies have done it before that, but they were less popular, so people just think Deadpool did it first. Pinkie Pie breaking the fourth wall. But whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, It's just because, okay, look, it's fucking because of Shrek, okay? Everything that's wrong with media and film now is because of Shrek. Shrek never talks to the audience. But here's the thing. Shrek was irreverent. Shrek was forcefully irreverent. I think that domino chain is what is what produced this obsession but, with the fourth wall. There's an inherent irreverentness. Irreverence. Shrek was not the first irreverent piece of media, though. But it was huge. It was it huge, was. and it was specifically irreverent and critical of Disney, of things that are very earnest, right? Yes. And it felt very winking, and the audience felt in on the joke. It was the first movie to be that first and foremost before it was a regular story. Is that fair to say? Yes. And that's why Deadpool exists. 
But Shrek is never like, hey, what's up, audience? Do you want to chimichangas? I'm, haha, am I right? But it doesn't like, matter. It doesn't matter that he didn't do explicitly that. I'm saying that the chain of events kicked off by Shrek is what led to this obsession with... I, I'm just saying that you can't compare Deadpool to Shrek. Is that too much to say? I'm not saying I'm, I'm, com- saying. I'm not com- I No, I think you totally can compare Deadpool no, to Shrek. No, I, I, I think the fourth wall break is not as winking as... They think it is. Yes, it is. Well, hold on. The fourth wall breaks in Deadpool are literally just Deadpool telling you a joke about a different movie that he's making fun of but and I'm the way that no, other superhero movies the, the, are. The fourth wall break in itself is not an irreverent joke because the point is that other movies don't acknowledge the fourth wall. Like, but, the fourth wall is not celebrated. But the kind of person who gets excited about fourth wall breaks only know it as that kind of thing. That's not the that's that person's fault. That Look, person's never read Shakespeare. Shrek is to Disney animated movies what Deadpool is to superhero movies. It's like almost exactly the same phenomenon.